Welcome to My Property World, a light and informative look at all things property. We have designed this series for people involved in property and property finance in the UK market. However, we do take examples from all around the property world. Our aim is for us to make money from property together. Whether that be buying, selling, financing, trading or getting involved in a deal in another way. We do this by informing, entertaining and enjoying ourselves talking property, which gives you a chance to get to know us, what we're up to and to check us out until you're ready to make money together. In the meantime, My Property World is free and fun, so plug in your headphones and enjoy. We would love for you to like, share and comment, so please do on social media. And if you have questions, ideas for topics or deals you would like to explore, we're always looking for guests, so get in touch via the My Property World profile. Hello and welcome to another episode of My Property World. Today, I'm delighted to be once again joined by Paul Ribbons. Paul can only be described as a master trader and a great guy. So, Paul, you're very welcome. Thank you very much indeed. And thanks for the great um, intro, as always. Yep. So, so Paul, uh, Paul is a, um, a multi-decade uh, experienced property trader. Uh, he's he's been involved in the hundreds of transactions over the years. He's worked as an estate agent in, a, in another uh, another life almost at this stage, Paul. Uh, and, and he's created a a, a lifestyle uh, which would be the envy of uh, of most of us. So, uh, well done on everything you've achieved, Paul. And and we're going to have a, a talk about being effective in twenty twenty two. Um, and, and it's a very broad sort of uh, sort of topic, but we've, we've, we've done a bit of prep before uh, switching the record button on. Um, mm-hmm. So what, what does being effective mean to, to Paul Ribbons? There's, there's three things I, I look at in my life. I find the fastest, easiest, most effective way of doing everything. Because this industry is really simple. It's, there's, there's no rocket science in property, whether you're doing a strategy of HMOs, whether you're doing a strategy of rent to rent, or, you know, or you're doing what I do, is buy something and trade it on. And developing is the same thing. It's very, very simple. The problem is human beings like to complicate things, you know, because the more knowledge they've got, the more superior they feel. They, they feel, I've got more knowledge, so therefore I'm clever. I'm, and, and society moulds us into this scenario where I'm not educated, um, I'm self-educated. So I had to learn the hard way. And when I was a kid, I had a, a condition, or well, still got a condition called dyslexia. So I used to find shortcuts to do everything. Really, I'd I, 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 I sit there watching the teachers trying to teach me something. And I'd go, well, why are we doing this? What, 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 is, what is the purpose of this? And they'll go, because you need to know this or you need to know. But surely if I go straight here, then I've already got that information. No, that's not the way we do it. We have a curriculum and we do it. So I got told I was slapdash. I was told that I cut corners. But effectiveness is, is about getting to the point quickly where it's effective for you, whatever you're trying to achieve, whether that be your rental portfolio, you want to build it, whether it's finding the, the, the deals in the first place. I just believe is get to the point quickly. Um, so it's the fastest, easiest, most effective way of doing everything, period. 
Okay, that, that's very succinctly put. Um, now, one of the uh, one of the big things is objectives. Mm. So being clear, like like so, so having that that first sort of level of of strategy. So uh, are you a, a trader? Are you uh, doing HMOs to buy and hold? Are you looking to do a, a uplift as a developer? Are you looking to sell as a developer? Um, what are you trying to do? So getting that that bit clear. If you've got some objectives, um, what, what's your thought process to to reach that objective? Like, like what, what are the questions you're asking? My, my, my objective is is I'm not looking for passive income. I'm looking for massive income. So I just want to generate a, a, a good income over a, a, a many, many years. Uh, and it's about lifestyle for me. So my objective really is to get as much money as I can out of every single deal I touch. So in order to do that, I need to find value. I need to find something that I can literally sell straight on immediately without doing anything to it. Because inherently I'm lazy. As much as I'm effective, as much as I get focused, and I, I but I'm inherently lazy. Because I, again, I want to find the fastest, easiest, most effective way of doing everything. Because time is the greatest resource you have. The greatest resource. People think it's money or your skills. It's not because every time you spend one day of your life, you can't get it back. It's gone. Mm -hmm. So time is crucial in whatever you do, whether you're a developer, investor or, or, or trader. Mm -hmm. So having clear objectives makes it easier to get where you want to go or, or, or you want to achieve. So it's imperative. So mine are really quite straightforward. It's, it's, I've, I know I have to look at so many houses in order to make so many offers to buy one. Mm -hmm. And I know what that ratio is. So if I know what that ratio is, the objective is to make so many calls a day, to see so many properties a week, make so many offers each month to achieve, you know, to, to at least have two deals in the pipeline at the end of the month. So in order to get the two deals each month, I know what my objectives are. I've got to make sure I ring so many agents a day, see so many properties a week in order to make so many offers to get so many deals. So when you've got them clear objectives, it's really easy because you know if you're on track or not. Because mm -hmm. it's measurable, isn't it? Because if I have to make 50 calls a day, then that's not that hard. And, and, and today, I don't do that myself. It's, it's usually a network of people I've got who are doing this for me. So I might get in my inbox, I might get six or seven properties a day. Well, I have a quick look at, does it meet the criteria? Because again, there's, there, there, there's, the objectives are, it's got to meet the criteria. It's got to, it's, it's got to be um, resaleable. Um, and, and then once I make a decision, okay, we'll offer on that, bang, done. And then you've got other objectives once you've done that, which is trying to get the, the, the deal to exchange and then disposing of it afterwards. So it's, 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 it's having that clear idea of what needs to be done to get in order to get them two deals in. And then once we get them two deals in, what do we do with them? How do we dispose of them? And making sure we, we control it. Mm -hmm. So, so one of the one of the things that um, I, I I think of you, um, Paul, and I said this before we came on the call. Uh, I think of focus, and um, when we were talking about it uh, prior to starting, you were talking about simplicity. Mm. 
Um, what, what does simplicity mean to you in that context? So, so being focused, being effective, like what, what is simplicity? Simplicity is, is, uh, is taking all the complexity out of whatever you're trying to do. Because it's easy to get stuck in. I'll give you a classic example of how complex people make this business. Is I see people, especially like my network is out there and they'll go, I've seen this property and I've done all the due diligence. Okay. What's the point in doing the due diligence at that stage when you don't even know you can buy it? And that's what people do. They waste time. They, 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 they complicate the, that, that part of the, um, the objective, which the objective is find something. Then we'll get some information on it, i.e., does it meet the criteria? It, mm -hmm. it, it, you know, I've, I've got what I call control. So what are the circumstances? What is, is the timing right? And is there any leverage we can use? Because if they've got them three things in play, I know I'm going to be buying it. Then I'll do my due diligence. Because mm -hmm. what's the point in doing it if they don't meet the objectives? And I find people do that. They take too, they, they want to learn too much as opposed to simplifying it. Look, this, this is the, this is the simplest business you'll ever be in in your life. But it's not easy. There's a difference between being simple and being easy or hard. It's the hard is the work you put in the front end, do, doing the calls, doing all the, um, the, the, the things you need to do in order to get the deals in the first place. But don't complicate it. Don't bring in, um, I need to know all the strategies. Well, you don't. You don't. <laughs> really, as I said to you earlier, Finding deals for me is universal to all your clients, all your people, all your audience. Anyone They're listening right. uh, who is in property or wanting to get into property, finding deals is absolutely uh, the number one. Yep, agree. We're agree. Because without deals, I, I hear people saying, I need to get the money first before I go looking. No, you don't. No, you don't. If you've got that, and, and us, again, we, we spoke about this earlier before we came on. It's always been this way since I got involved in, in, in the 19... In fact, my very first transaction was a personal transaction. And I found this particular flat that I wanted to buy to live in on the 31st of December, 1985. I was trying to buy a flat before Christmas and it fell through because of a bad survey. And it was probably just as right because now I know what I'm doing. I look back at that and think, well, I should never even mm -hmm. attempted to buy it in the first place. Now I know what I know. So the, the survey come back and threw it out. And then I was a baker. So Christmas period to me is the busiest period. So I couldn't look for anything before Christmas because I was just flat out. And then between Christmas and New Year, what are most people doing? They're chilling out, relaxing and what have you. And up until before Christmas, I couldn't find it. Trying to find something was really difficult because everyone was out looking. Well, everyone's not looking at, at between Christmas and New Year because they're, they're in party mode, especially on a 31st of December. And I happened to phone up a, a large company called Warner Estates, and they were in Walthamstow in East London. And I said, I wonder if you'd help me. Have you got anything coming? She went, I've got three. She said, I've got one in Car Road, one in Edward Road, and one in Copper Mill Lane. And I went, I'll have the one in Car Road. And she said, well, you haven't seen it yet. I said, I'll have it. I knew where it was. It was £28,250. It was cheap, really, because mm -hmm. the average was around 30000 32000 It needed 
some work doing to it. Um, so I literally, I had a push bike at the time, straight down to the, the Warner Estates, picked the key up, and I gave them a hundred pound deposit there and then. So it, it's it's now I've I've gone off piste a little bit here, and I can't remember <laughs> why I was talking about that. So uh, around the simplicity, uh, what, what was so, the... So understanding that, the, that that's, that's what I was trying to say. Even back then, there was demand for stuff that needed work. There was huge demand. I just happened to pick it up at the right right time. And when I bought it, I'd done it. I'd spent a, about a thousand pound on it, and, and I sold it for forty two thousand within nine months. Shows how cheap it was because it was rising market. But there's always been a demand for houses that need work or flats because there's more people that want to buy them than it is selling them. Because if you take the broader market, there's more properties that are done up uh, that people live in than there is unmodernized ones. So I worked that one out very, very, very quickly from a very early age. And I always knew that if you could find something that needed work and it was the right stock, it was the right um, location and it was unmodernized, I would find a buyer. So when I first become self-employed, I had four clients and I used to sell them deals and charge a fee for them. So finding deals are the, is the number one thing because if you've got a deal, you'll find the money. Mm -hmm. You'll find it. And, and then um, in terms of your, your model, you, you've, got the, uh, you've got the finding the deal, you've got the finding the money for the deal and you've got the knowing what to do. Now, mm. um, the average punter listening is thinking, what, 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 what? How does this work? What, what's the, uh, what, what, what are the ten things? What, what's the simple version? Simple version, right? Okay, so find something needs value. You can add value to. Mm -hmm. That's that's the first one. So most houses that are unmodernized, you can add value. You just got to buy it at the right price. And as long as you are not going to overspend and it becomes, you spent more than what it's worth when it's finished, then, you know, then it's okay. Also, you can buy into a market that's rising. We had that last year. We had a huge increase in values. Mm -hmm. So you could have bought something in January and by March, it would have been worth more money. So it's understanding that buying in the right time is important. Mm -hmm. So timing is, is, is vital. So, um, the, the, another part of this is understanding demand. One of the crucial things in any business is understanding your marketplace. So whether you're an investor and you want to rent it out as rooms or you want to rent it out as one unit or whether you want to develop it, add value and then sell it on or like I do, trade it on, is understanding what the market wants. And I'll give you a classic example of that. Up until 2016, I'd have bought anything with a front door and a roof, anything, because I knew there was some buy-to-let punter out there, as long as he could mortgage it, would buy it, because that's all he cared about, is, is I can mortgage it, I'll buy it, so I used to buy anything with a front door and a roof, today I'm more fussy, so I don't look for properties that, are, that would have suited the criteria of a buy-to-let investor, so that would be a two up, two down, say not far from where I live here in the Medway towns, Gilliam, Chatham, Rochester, um, somewhere like that, where you could have bought a house that any buy-to-let bunter would have bought. I'd probably keep away from them today. Mm -hmm. I would then today probably focus on something like a nice 1930 semi or a 60 semi or something that are 
a first time buyer or a family would purchase because that's my market, not so much the end user, but someone who would buy it to do it up to sell to someone who would uh, live in it, or the owner occupier would buy it themselves, do it up and live in it. So it's understanding the marketplace. So that's a, that's an important part. That's a third, one of the uh, uh, important part of the, the, the 10 things. You mentioned finding the money. Um, I had clients that, that came to me and said, I want to deal, deal with you. They trusted me. And eventually one of them said, I want to go solo with you. I'll give you 50% of everything we do. So finding the money is about positioning yourself in, to, to add value to someone else's life. So if, you're, if you haven't got the money to do it yourself, then find someone who has and add value to their life, i.e. I'm going to make you some money. If I said to you, look, if you had a £200,000 in the bank, you knew my history, and I said to you, look, I'm going to find a deal, we're going to make 20 grand each. You've got to put the money up. Would you say yes or no? I'd personally say no, because we're looking for higher, uh, higher margins, but 99% uh, of people, absolutely. Hang on, hang on. Absolutely. In a month. In one month, I'd be I'd be sending the I'd be sending the account details over now. Yes, sir. So it, it, most people would 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 jump yeah. on the chance because if you can give them a fantastic return over a month or two months, they would like and they trusted you and they knew you knew mm -hmm. what you was doing. So that's key, really, is to, is to make sure you do your research, get your get your product, and mm -hmm. then and then present it in a way where someone can see they can make money. Um, another part of this, and, and I, I think part of the simplicity, just just linking this in, is that you're uh, you're clear in your own head, but you communicate uh, it really simply. And I know that you're not a simple person, Paul. I've spent a bit of time with you, uh, but you're able to communicate really clearly. And so that simplicity theme uh, is, uh, I think, part of your effectiveness. Like your communication, I, I think, is outstanding. That's and that's part of the one of the 10 things is about communication because it's whether you're buying the stock, whether you're finding the money, whether you're disposing of it, your communication is key. One of the things I like to do, um, and if you see me in a, a position where I'm dealing with a vendor or I'm dealing with an agent or I'm dealing with a, an auctioneer, there's proportionately I've got one mouth and two ears. And I might ask a question and shut up. And then I'll listen to the answers. I will make sure when I communicate with that person, I'll pick up their language patterns. They're, they're, what they're, how they present it, I'll present it back to them. It's no good me um, using my words because my words may go straight over their heads. We don't know. So I'll be using their words, but I'm listening all the time. So key to communication is one, asking questions. And the second is listening to the answers. Because I find when, when I talk about complicating, people complicating their lives, I've seen many investors go out to see a, an agent or a vendor and keep on talking. And they keep on talking. They keep on talking. They don't listen. And they're trying to put across to the vendor or the agent that they know what they're doing. 
And if you ever see me in action, and this, this has happened many a time when I've been out with client, with you know, with, with, with the other investors, and I'm showing them what to do, I'll walk in and ask one. I'll ask just one, say one thing. But whatever I say will have an impact because I've listened. And I don't have to tell them, I'm fantastic. I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to do that for you. You, you rely on me to do that uh, with, with the podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> because it's important. It's understanding that. And I, I, I can absolutely, uh, I've experienced that with you uh, off camera or off, off uh, recording, Paul, a uh, number of times. Like you're... You are an exceptional uh, both question uh, asker and and listener. Um, mm. and, and while while people who have, have seen you live, who have uh, heard you uh, presenting on podcasts or, or being the guest on a podcast, they may have a perception that this guy can talk the hind legs off a dog, and and mm. you'd quite happily sit there and listen to you because it, it it always uh, it always gets me thinking. When you're uh, when you're uh, behind the scenes, anytime I've been talking to you, absolutely that you know that one mouth, two ears has applied. Mm -hmm. No question. So uh, mm -hmm. now, so, so someone uh, someone's found the deal, they found found the money, they they presented it in a way that makes sense to someone uh, that, that that they're gonna back them or or uh, they're gonna go in with them, so you can do the deal. Um, knowing what to do uh, is the third aspect, as you put it. It's funny because <clears throat> I'm going to tell you a story, uh, of, and this is not a bragging story. This is this is fact. Um, the fastest, I, as a as an estate agent, the fastest I ever exchanged contracts with a buyer and a seller was 24 hours, and that was with a mortgage. Um, Again, simplicity is important. The solicitor I was using at the time um, is, is retired now. And he, he and I used to work closely together. He was a fairly young lawyer in this firm. And he used to look after me. He used to, I used to ring him up and say, Jamie, what's a deed of variation? Mm -hmm. and, and I said, treat me like a five-year-old. And he'd explain it in a way that I mm -hmm. would understand. So I remember asking him, so Jamie, when you exchange contracts, what do you need? And again, ask that question, and then I'm listening. He needs the money. He needs a contract. He needs a search. And he needs, obviously, a willing seller and a willing buyer. So I worked out quite quickly from a very early age that if I've got a vacant house and I've got a willing seller and I've got a willing buyer, I can bank that money really quickly, that commission really quickly, as long as I understand what they want. So there was a developer that used to sell refurbished properties. And I used to love the developers. A lot of agents didn't like them because they didn't understand their model, which was I'll run as many buys as I can. The first one to exchange gets it. So you used to run contract races. And a lot of agents can't handle that because they, well, they've sold it, they put it to bed and they let, let it go through the motions. Me, I want to know how quickly I can get the money in the bank. So Jamie said to me, um, uh, this did, sorry, the developer showed me a property. He said, well, I've got the keys here. Have a look at this. And it was in a really smart part of town, overlooked a park. And I thought, I can sell this this afternoon. So I found a buyer 
and uh, young first-time buyers. And I said, look, do you, how much do you want this? And they went, oh, we love it. We absolutely adore it. Oh, they're telling me all about they're going to move in and do this, that, and the other. I said, well, in order for you to, to get this, we need to move extremely quickly because they'll run more than one buyer. It seems a bit unfair, but if you trust me, I can get it done really quickly. I said, who's your mortgage with? And they went, the Leeds Permanent Builders Society. So I said, we deal with them. As a, I was an estate agent. We deal with them. Um, let me come back to my office, speak to my mortgage consultant. And, uh, and uh, anyway, so they saw the property at two o'clock that afternoon. And then I said to the developer, um, if I can get a letter of intent to say that the lender will lend the money, we release the contract. They went, yes. So I said, okay. So I phoned the lender up with my financial advisor, said, look, what do you need? And they said, we need a survey and we need to know they can afford it with their references. Great. We'll get the references faxed out. This shows you how long ago it was faxed. Yeah, faxing, yeah. <laughs> this is before modern technology. You've got to understand this. Before mm -hmm. modern technology. If I had modern technology, I'd be doing this all the time. So I said, we'll get um, the references faxed over. We got the references faxed over from their employer. We sent the bank statements over by, by um, scanning, scanning them and faxing them. And then they instructed the surveyor to go around and do a survey report. And he went down that afternoon at, at 4.30, and then he came back to my office and he faxed it to the lender that afternoon. So they had the survey, they had the references, they had their payment statements. And they said, we won't be able to do the mortgage offer until Monday, so we'll issue the letter of intent. And they issued the letter of intent in the morning, the following morning. The following morning, I said to the buyer, meet me at the solicitors at two o'clock. And I'd recommended Jamie. So Jamie didn't know what was going on. I didn't ring him up and say, oh, by the way, Jamie, these clients are coming in. I got them at two o'clock at Jamie's office. On the way through to Jamie's office, because I went there myself, I picked up a contract to show the, the, the solicitor for the vendor. There's the letter of intent. They're lending on it. Got the contract drove to the solicitors, here's the contract. He's gone, well, what do you mean there's a contract? He said, I haven't got the money. I said, the client's in your office and they've got a banker's draft um, with, um, for, for, to make a payable to, to, to Admiral Brown for whatever the deposit was, 10%. Uh, he said, but I haven't got a mortgage off. I said, you got a letter of intent, which has been faxed to your fax from the Leeds Permanent Builders Society but I haven't got a search. The vendor will do a deal subject to search. He said, but I haven't been through the paperwork. I said, where's the paperwork? It's a Warner lease. We're straightforward. Even I can look at that because it's <laughs> straightforward. And he went, oh, for goodness sake. He said, but I've got other things to do. And I said, the clients will pay you more money to drop everything next for 200 quid. And he exchanged contracts at three o'clock that afternoon. Simplicity. I, I, understand. Do you know what's going through my head, Paul? Um, I, I'm not sure that I can put this out there in the public realm because what what uh, what's going to happen is every every buyer in the country is going to be uh, trying this with their solicitor, and 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 there's going to be uh, large scale mental health issues within the legal profession. <laughs> but well, well done. That, that, that you've listen. You never fail to delight me uh, with uh, with fantastic stories, and and that that really is a, a great example of simplifying and getting effectiveness. 
Just find out what they want. That's all you need to do is find out what they want and then supply it. And then, so when you've got the deal and you've got the, the, the money in place, then you need to speak to sister. So right, we want to do this deal. What do we need? So we need the money. Okay. We need a contract, get the contract from the other side. And then you need a search. Now I always recommend that everyone exchanges subject to search. Now, if you're buying a vacant house, Again, if you understand the law on how to, you can exchange subject to anything. So it can be a conditional contract. Mm -hmm. So I would automatically offer exchange subject to search, or if necessarily, if they say no, get it extradited somehow, get it, get it over quickly, but you must be able to get it done somehow. Um, so speed is the of the essence, because mm -hmm. if you've got a good deal and it's in demand, I can tell you now the amount of deals I've taken off someone else when they, they've been under offer to someone else first because they haven't acted quick enough, I, I've lost count. Mm -hmm. Because until it's exchange contracts, someone else could nick it off you. You, you sound like the Australian cricket team. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so, Paul, um, we, we've talked a bit, bit of business. We've talked a bit of, um, bit of focus. Your... Your effectiveness in 2022, I, I know family is important to you and your health and fitness is, uh, is important to you. Uh, and I understand your, your family is now helping you out with your fitness planning. What, do you want yeah, to so, tell the li listeners about that? So I'm a keen cyclist, as some of your listeners may know. And, uh, and I've got a couple of goals this year. And one is to do a 200-mile ride in one day, and the other one is to do London to Paris in 20 200 hours. miles in one day. Not, not kilometres, miles. Miles, miles. Wow. And, the, and, and the, um, the London to Paris in 24 hours, that's a 200-mile shot as well. But there is a little break in between because you, you've got to get on the ferry to get across to... We go, we go to, to New Haven, and the ferry across to Dieppe is four hours. So you get a little bit break in, in that 24-hour period. But that's a 200-mile in 24 hours as well. So uh, in order, again, find the fastest, easiest, most effective way of doing everything, is it's about planning. It's about understanding what, you need, what, what condition do I need to be in to in order to do it. So one of my kids has bought me this, which is a cyclist training diary. And it's literally got a whole diary we can we can write things in there and i've got other apps i can use as well but it's it's literally i've overlaid what i'm going to be doing onto an app so i know every day what i've got to do i don't want to think about today when i get up what have i got to do it's there it's done it's planned for because i don't want to complicate my life with oh what do i need to do today i need to to do this no we we build it into a plan put it into our diary and then that way, on my busy schedule, if I'm busy that day, I'll get up and know I've got to do a two-hour ride today, or I've got to do a five-hour ride the weekend, or I've got to do some fitness training, i.e. some strength training. So it's all in there automatically. Now, there's something called life that gets in the way sometimes. So if there was a, if I got a phone call and someone said, I've got this blinding deal, you've got to come and have a look at it, and I've got to do a two-hour cycle, which one's going to take preference? The deal, right? So then I might have to be flexible because that's a key part of my business or my life is flexibility. Because too many people are rigid. I've got to do this. I've got to do this. Sometimes you can't do it. 
you have to be flexible. That's part of being effective, is being flexible because what's, you don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen with property this year. We have no idea. No one's got, a, no one can turn around and say it's going to go up or it's going to go down or there's going to be a big, it'll be another lockdown. We don't know at the moment. There's so much uncertainty. So we have to build flexibility into our programs, whether that's a plan for cycling, whether it's a plan for property, or you just don't know what's going to come. Because I don't know if my London to Paris on the 1st of May will be cancelled or not. Mm -hmm. I still got to do the work. Still got to do. I still got to put the effort in. But yeah. here, I want to give you a tip. I'm going to give you a tip, right? And this is for anyone in any walk of life. The, the quality of your life, your life, is in direct proportion of your ability to deal with bad news and adversity. If you can deal with bad news and adversity in a way where you've got flexible thinking your life will be so much better. And I tend to find that people, something happens and it's, oh no, oh my God, what's all that? And, the, and the, it's tragic, and it could be tragic. I mean, we've I've had lots of um, adversity in my life uh, and it's learning to deal with that in a way where it doesn't affect you or it knocks you off, because it's going to knock you off balance to a degree it's how you get back up again. You know, it's how you deal with it. And that's crucial to, to the, 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 the quality of your life. Now, someone listening to the show, if they want to get hold of you, what, what's your, your uh, email address? It's paul at paulribbons.com. Is that right? It is, yeah. yeah, yeah. So paul at paulribbons.com. Uh, you, you can find uh, Paul on social media at uh, have a, if, you're, um, if you want to go into the notes at the bottom of the episode, uh, there'll be some contact details for Paul there. Um, if it's been forwarded on or, or somehow repurposed by someone, um, please get, get in touch with me, Will Mallard. Uh, this is My Property World podcast. Paul Ribbons, absolute legend, master trader. Thank you. Thank you very much. Welcome to My Property World, a light and informative look at all things property. We have designed this series for people involved in property and property finance in the UK market. However, we do take examples from all around the property world. Our aim is for us to make money from property together. Whether that be buying, selling, financing, trading or getting involved in a deal in another way. We do this by informing, entertaining, and enjoying ourselves talking property, which gives you a chance to get to know us, what we're up to, and to check us out until you're ready to make money together. In the meantime, My Property World is free and fun, so plug in your headphones and enjoy. We would love for you to like, share, and comment, so please do on social media. And if you have questions, ideas for topics, or deals you would like to explore, we're always looking for guests, so get in touch via the My Property World profile.